program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO to email campaigns to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801-386-3896. 3896. Mention this ad and get a hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896 or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Welcome to Share Your Hotness Podcast with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Stephanie Wardrum. Now, typically when I start these, I start to say how she and I met, but I'm pretty sure that you and I met when one of us, probably you, was in diapers. (laughs) That's right. Yes. So how old was your fam? How old were you and your family moved to the neighborhood we both grew up in? So my dad built the house above ours and Kenny, who is your age, he was born in that house. And then he built the house that we were in forever. 30 years, I think my parents were there and I was born in that house. Okay. So So, I have known you forever. Yeah. We moved to that neighborhood when I was two and a half. So we don't remember when we met. That's right. There was never a time I didn't know Lita. Yeah, and Kenny was the the boy that all the girls had the crush on. And when <laughs> girls would find out that I lived around the corner from Kenny, there was a hot minute where they would think I could get them in with Kenny. And then when I couldn't get them in with Kenny, they they were like, "Forget you." Because And little did they know that he was totally shy, and I don't think he ever dated anybody he wasn't set up with. Yeah, which is hilarious because that's like a repeating theme of like really good looking people that they're mm-hmm. so good looking that people are intimidated, intimidated by them. <laughs> yeah. And see, I just couldn't even speak around how intimidated I think when I like, <laughs> and there's a gift to being good looking enough where you don't scare people. Yeah. You know, I had yeah. a roommate in college that was a prior beauty queen. And she thought she was awkward looking. And we're like, um, no, no <laughs> you're not awkward looking. But she, the only guys that had the courage to ask her out were these guys that were, you know, kind of the jerks. Yeah, kind of cocky. And so her husband, we actually made him ask her out. That's perfect. Because she was impressed with him. But he was like, oh, I could never ask her out. And we're like, dude, you're willing to ask out any of us. <laughs> anyway so I you know I always tell people I'm rabidly good looking but for the viewers who don't know me I'm a normal looking woman who knows how to put myself together and today when Stephanie got on I was like you know everyone doesn't get to see you because you look fantastic so you're missing out and seeing two incredibly good looking women who go way back so the reason um I wanted to have Stephanie on today is because we started a little project and it's something that really shows some really powerful story about networking and connection and following your purpose. Mm -hmm. So prior to 2020, I had bought a pair of joggers 
Now they were a little expensive. They were $2 at my local uptown cheapskate, but I was there helping my niece shop. And anyone who's ever gone shopping with a 13 year old knows that's forever. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know why I'm buying these joggers. I'll never wear them. And that was like, a you month, know. yeah, that was like a month before 2020. And I almost wore them threadbare during 2020. Um, but I just, there was no need for casual clothes in my life yeah. because I was so busy as a speaker going here, going there speaking. And as a makeup artist, I have to dress up too. In fact, I don't dress up as much as a normal makeup artist because I'm not in high heels as I work. I can't do it. I'm too old. So um, all of a sudden life is kind of um, different for everybody, mm -hmm. but um, both Stephanie and I are fortunate enough that we could shelter in place and, and did have enough food because I'm, I'm always kind of struck by the fact that people don't understand that there's so many people that don't have the ability to shelter in place. Exactly. And um, that the ability just to have two weeks to not leave your house is a sign of privilege. Absolutely it is, yeah. Yeah, and Stephanie and I both, um, well, her dad has, as he said to me, I've made millions and I've lost millions. <laughs> My dad <laughs> has driven millions of miles. So there's the parallel on that. But, you know, we both have had times where we didn't have. Yeah. And those, that never really quite leaves you. Not in a bad sense. I think it makes me more grateful. I think so too, yeah. So, um, so 2020, Stephanie being the wonderful and amazing person that you are, you started a project prior to the project with me. So we're not giving that one away yet. What was yes. that project? Tell them about that. Well, for me, I was pretty scared. Both my husband and I are high risk and there obviously has been a lot of fear around this. And early on, we didn't really know what we were dealing with regardless. So I decided the very best thing I could do was start to do something for somebody else. So I started making, this was when. Okay, so the, pause for a second. Yes. She's afraid. Her husband has kidney issues that are very severe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have an autoimmune. So yep. you had every right to hide in your house and not do anything, but in fear, you decided I got to do something for other people. Just wanted to make sure the listeners didn't miss that. Okay. Continue. Yes. And I absolutely think it's the solution for almost everything, really. Mm -hmm. That is, we, if I will get focused on my own issues and my own problems, they will swallow me up. But if I will turn outside and see where I can make a difference, then I can get through anything and I can do it with joy. Sing it, sister, sing yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> so this was at the beginning when you couldn't get masks. So I knew that medical workers were trying to make their N95 masks last as long as possible. And I have a brother that is an ER doctor. And so I put together a project to make masks for medical workers to go over the N95 masks and prolong the life of those masks. So um, I started a group on Facebook and I said, who wants to help? And, and it went on, uh, I guess it lasted from about March until September. And we did and how many masks did you personally make? I don't, I don't know how many I personally made. I cut Walmart. out the material. I did the purchasing. I delivered the supplies. I got them back. I sanitized them, sent them out. We sent them to several different states. But, there, but the project, we delivered 1,700 masks. 1,700 masks. And I donated a few dollars and you were like, yeah. oh, thank you so much. And I was like, no, really, giving money is very easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a good enough seamstress that I would feel comfortable. The, you know, the mask is a tight you know, yeah. sewing job. And I didn't want to be like that poor nurse that got my mask, you know. Now I can repair a mask like nobody's business. I'm a good little repairer, but like cutting from scratch is kind of like, eh. So I'm watching Stephanie do this. Meanwhile, um, we knew that COVID was hitting Native Americans higher. And mm -hmm. I have an attachment to the Native American community. My family had uh, two 
foster sisters come live with us and they called it the Indian placement program, which is now not a, a you know, correct term, but that's what I, you know, we called her my Indian sister forever. And I know it's not politically correct now, but um, one was Hopi and one was Navajo. But the, the sister that was Navajo has stayed in really, really, really close contact with our family. She comes and visits. Uh, she's been a wonderful daughter to my parents and a great sister to me. And she's never asked us for anything. And so I always envisioned her life because she came to live with us because to get an education um, that was better than what was available at the time on the reservation. She mm -hmm. came to live with us to get that education and she became a teacher. So I've always imagined her life, just like my life, but more orange dirt, you know, yeah. and an adobe. And I've driven across the reservation many times and seen the abject poverty. And if you have not driven across a Native American reservation and seen these homes out in the middle of nowhere, you start to ask yourself, well, where do they go to the bathroom? And the answer is that little porta potty outhouse near the home or exactly. that summer bush over there right which mm -hmm. summer bush and my kids summer for girls and summer for boys <laughs> that's perfect that's 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 trucker kid humor right there um you know so the summer <laughs> summer go that way and the summer go that <laughs> yeah 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 I, i'm beating this dead horse but anyway so you start to realize like where, where's the running water where's their electricity and sometimes you'll see some electricity that goes, but a lot of times you don't. And mm -hmm. it is like visiting a third world country. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really sad when you think about the history that Native American people were the first inhabitants of this land. Yeah. And we're not going to make this podcast about that because you and I both are going to get upset. <laughs> And nor do we have the solution to those problems. Right, right. That being said, um, my mom calls me up and she says, well, Jerry, who's my Navajo sister, um, might have COVID. Now I'm sitting there going here in my home, sheltered in place with all of my food storage. And the biggest problem in the morning was what craft project or home project am I doing today? This was my life. It's kind of heaven, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean Jerry might have COVID? She needs to go find out if she has COVID. So I, being the bossy little sister, I call <laughs> Jerry and I'm going to encourage her to go to the doctor. Yeah. And she says, well, I can't. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't? And she goes, we're on lockdown. I'm like, what do you mean you're on lockdown? And she started to explain this to me. And it was this moment of, I, I get emotional thinking about yeah. how humbled I felt and embarrassed that I'm irritated that I have to go stand in the line at Home Depot. Yeah. And my sister is on lockdown, risking a thousand dollar fine if she goes to go to the doctor, which is like an extensive drive. And that medical testing for her to see if she has COVID or not is not available to her. And that's humiliating to me and makes you angry yes. to realize that we have allowed that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Jerry, I'm gonna send you a gift package because that's what people of my faith do when other people don't have things is we try to feed you. Yes, we do. <laughs> right, a lot of Christian faiths do that. There's a problem I can't fix, well, let me feed you. Yep. So I'm like, okay, what do you want in your gift package? Now, if you ask me what I want in my gift package, it's going to be several varieties of chocolate. Yes. That's always the answer if you want to give me a gift, chocolate. And mm -hmm. so I asked her, I said, what do you want? And she said, I'd really like some soap. Again, yes. deep humili humiliation. I said, you don't have soap? I don't even know if I asked her that. I think I was so shocked. And I still have the piece of paper we wrote down soap. And then I said, okay, what else do you want? And she started listing the things she wanted. And all of them, I had in abundance in my home. E even though there was a pandemic, I always have my, I have a food storage that would make any prepper proud. And that's not why, that's not why I have a food storage. I do it so I don't have to be dependent on anyone else and I can be the person to send help. So I yes. needed, and um, I was like, do you want 
um, Lysol wipes. And she was like, you have Lysol wipes. And it was kind of (laughs) like, I did. I had four of them, that big Costco package before the pandemic struck. So I'm willing to give her one of, you know, 25% of the the Lysol wipes that I had. Yeah. So I get this package together and a little thing of bleach. And then I go to mail it and they say, is there anything chemical or hazardous in here? Yep. Yep. Very chemically and hazardous bleach. Yes. So Uh after four different places, I'm instructed to drive up to by the airport. And it was, they had to call off of my license and my social security number. And I can only mail this hazardous package three times a year. So I don't even have the capacity to make sure that my own sister has what she needs. So Mm -hmm. I mail that to her and it wasn't cheap, but that's fine. But I'm just thinking, okay. And around the same time, there was a drive for taking supplies down to the reservation closest to where you and I live. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wonder if I could do more because my social media responded big time. And I ended up being the biggest collection source for that drive that was in conjunction with the Rotary Club. I'm like, I wonder if I could do more. I got the time. Yeah. And so I, I called my sister up and I said, how many people in your community are so, you know, they don't even have a vehicle or don't have the capacity. And my sister, by the way, doesn't have running water which is just, I'm like, how many people in your situation are, cause she thinks she has everything. She's very content with her life. She's very blessed. And she does have more than most on the and reservation. Isn't that true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, who are the most, you know, I'm thinking little old lady, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's, and I said, how many families are they at? She goes, oh, probably about 43. And I said, okay, kind of swallow hard. I'm like, I could do 43 packages. I could do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, could do that and so I said we'll just double check with um, the village elder which I happen to know was her brother-in-law or her you know family but of course Mm -hmm. Native American communities everybody's related to everybody even if they're not you know it's family right but she mentioned him so I said double check so I put it out on my social media my friends start bringing over stuff we start putting boxes together and I have a list of the families their names their ages and their requests. And she's calling me up and she's like, so-and-so is wondering by name if she can have some depends because she's incontinent. And I'm like, yeah, she can have some depends. And then so-and-so is wondering if they could have some socks. Yeah. Yeah. They can have some socks. So we started putting these boxes together and people were responding. My garage looked like Costco warehouse. Yeah, look, look like a yeah, Costco warehouse. And I'm buying stuff from Costco and friends from all over the country are donating money. And I'm spending so much money and sweet talking them into giving, letting me have more rolls of toilet paper. But I'm like, okay, human nature, when you take down a bunch of supplies, it may not get to the most vulnerable. And so I have this big, huge list of every single person in this community that is at risk. Yeah. And how much they're going to need. So a toothpaste for every person, a toothbrush, shampoo, conditioner. Um, but, you know, just asking for the basics, which were below the basics that I would want. Right. Yeah. Nobody asked for makeup, which to me is like, how are you living without eye cream? <laughs> so I have this list and I'm able to specifically put everything in a box and label it mm-hmm. to this person. Yes. You call me. And we'll let you, you'll let you tell the story here for a minute. Well, clearly a big part of the spread of any disease or virus is cleanliness. Cleanliness is an issue, right? So if they're not, there's no access to bleach. There's no access to Lysol, but. You're scouring the valley. I have friends from, we live what called, what's the Wasatch Front. And Mm -hmm. I have friends from two hours where I live north and an hour and a half south scouring every Walmart and CVS for all the all the things that were scarcity and then sweet talking them to let us buying more for the Native Americans and people would let us go over the normal purchasing amount I mean you know quantity yeah yeah continue I said talk and I talked (laughs) (laughs) but my father manufactures a product that kills all of it and it's a powdered concentrate so it can be mailed it's easily transported 
And a little bit comes generally in a, in a gallon tub makes 30 gallons or a one oh, pound the, tub makes a, 30 yeah, gallons. One pound is about the size of a large coffee mug. Yes. And it'll make 30 gallons of this product that has been tested and proven to kill Ebola and tuberculosis and COVID and H1N1 and everything that you can think of. And I said, hey, get in touch with my dad because and I you have- You called me up and you said, how many gallons of cleaner yes. do you need? And I said, yes. well, I think I need, and I'm looking at my list and I gave you a number. And you said, yes. I can get that for you. Yes. And then you called me up and you said, actually, my dad's willing to give you 500 gallons. And I said, I don't have enough room on my trailer for 500 gallons. You said, no, you don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand. You'll understand when we get this to you. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have room for 500 gallons. Because <laughs> as a trucker's daughter, I, under, I understand how much a gallon of liquid weighs. Yes. And how much room it would take. And I'm like. I don't have that Not much possible. room. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. great. We've got supplies for the next few runs. Mm -hmm. And then your dad shows up and hands me. No, you came. Was it your dad? No, you, 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 you went to his house. Okay, I went to dad's house. That's right. I went to your dad's yeah. house. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, there's no way this is going to fit in my minivan. And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. And I'm like, okay, okay. But I just could not wrap my mind around it. I was like, okay, you crazy people. I don't have room <laughs> for 500 gallons. Yeah. And hands me two boxes the size of like an orange box. Mm -hmm. And it's 500 gallons. And I'm sitting there going, what? Because you can mail it. Yes. You can mail it. And it's good for what? Everything. Yes. Literally. I used this. I used it the other day to sanitize my fridge. Um, my boy's stinky shoes, any type of pet odor. I literally 10 hours working in the yard and I'm dripping sweat. I take a spray bottle in the shower and spray anything that has a hard time not being stinky. And people are going, wait, everything. is this woman, wait, is this woman spraying her body down with bleach? No, <laughs> to the Billy Mays, but wait, there's more. It, exactly. It's not bleach. It's actually a green product, not meaning green mm -hmm. like Lita Green. <laughs> Little pun there. <laughs> right? But That's a green great. meaning it's good for the environment. It kills all these harsh viruses. It kills mold. Yeah. Just like bleach will. In fact, I'm going to be using it later this week with a family who has they're in a pretty destitute situation and they've got a black mold problem. And the restoration company told them through the insurance that they couldn't do anything for it. Well, insurance doesn't cover mold because it's so invasive and there's nothing out there that can tackle it, but I can because I just go in and I'm going to fog this house and the walls and it kills everything. It totally does. Like I have started playing with it because your dad gave me um, a, a 30, you know, a coffee mug size. Yeah. And I started using it and I was like, this is so cool. And it was, it's going to sound hokey, but when we got it down to the reservation, we're giving it to my sister and I'm explaining this and then I'm using it in my home and knowing during the fear of COVID mm -hmm. that because it can be everything from cleaning your vegetables to cleaning your body, to cleaning your laundry, to a hand sanitizer. Yes. It made me feel incredibly connected to the Jedido community, knowing that, yeah, they had bleach for some of the grandmas that are going to be nervous, but I was able to fill the need with the rest. And my sister and her brother-in-law were now training people on how to use this product because it's a little different, mm -hmm. um, which different is good. Um, it just made me feel really connected that I'm like, here, son. And I'm like making him smell his shoe that I've treated yeah making him sell his shoe he hasn't and he's like why are you doing that to me i'm like you're the one who made the stink and i'm going around <laughs> and using it for my cats that I, I have one cat that i tease her that i say you're you're the reason i can't have nice things because she <laughs> she uh, she's a little naughty she's a little dumb we love her i am the crazy cat lady but she's a little dumb and it's okay because i spray it down and it completely removes the scent and this is something else that's interesting it removes the scent so much it confuses the cat 
Oh my gosh. Then I have to go and spray it down with a citrus um, essential oil because cats don't like citrus. How interesting. And that's why a lot of spray removal stuff you get has a citrus mm -hmm. smell. This takes out all smells. So you got to, you yeah. got to add in the deterrent smell for the cat, mm -hmm. but it completely takes all the smell out of things. All of it. Like we, um, this, we're, we're, uh, videoing this, um, just the week after mother's day. I mean the day after mother's day. And, um, there was a, a smell of burntness because my family needs me when they were cooking without me. Yeah. And I just went around my house spraying, you know, this cleaner all over and my house smells so much better because it's it not takes covering it right up, out, yeah. taking it away. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I get this from your dad and I'm putting them in all the boxes and now I'm able to get the, the, un, I mean, you know, bleach is so rare cleaning products of any kind were so hard to get even up here, let alone at the one grocery store that services a four hour radius yeah. on the reservation, which by the way, is a restaurant. I mean, as a truck stop. Is, no, um, which uh, the, the grocery store chain is only on reservations. Oh, okay. And they're not the kind of grocery store that you and I would be accustomed to going into. So if our not 30 forms, variety of, of cereal, no, and yeah. very little green things there, you know, yes. very little vegetables and, and they're, they're completely wiped out. I mean, it, people can't even get food. Yeah. Can't even get food, let alone like, oh, I got the noodles at the grocery store. They're not the kind I normally get, but you know, I got them right. You can't even get this. So that night after we, your dad and all of this, I had a dream. And I had a dream that I was selling this product. So I call your dad up with your encouragement. And I'm like, why uh -huh. did I have this dream? Why am I selling this? Because I don't want to sell a cleaner. Yeah. And in talking to your dad and talking to you, we end up coming up with a brilliant solution. And I'm going to let you tell him what the brilliant solution was. Well, what we have done is we have white labeled this product. So let's we'll explain what white labeling is. So yes. white label, I'll put it in the makeup world. When you go and you buy the L'Oreal brand um, from the drugstore and you go and buy the higher end brand from the department store, the Estee Lauder, what's inside the bottle is literally the same thing. You're just paying for a different bottle and different branding. Estee Lauder and... Um, you know, they're, it's the same thing. And the companies market to different people, but they just change. The, but the product inside is the same. So we have white labeled this product. Go ahead. So we have it labeled under the name of Jedido, Jedito, which is this first community that we help. Community where my sister lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we sell that. And for every purchase, we're able to donate one to Native American people living on a reservation, a family in need that doesn't have access to these types of things. And then they can use that for any cleaning and sanitation purposes that they have. Right, and those that are teaching them how to use it are not white girls like you and I. It's mm -hmm. those in the community, like my sister and Terry, her brother-in-law, and they're learning and using this product it doesn't hurt the environment. It doesn't hurt them. And it can be mailed. Yes. It literally biodegrades back to water after a time. It's perfectly safe. In fact, it can be, I used it last year on my zucchini plant, which had some sort of virus or fungus. I don't know what. Poor zucchini. I, yeah. <laughs> Who can't grow zucchini, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not critiquing. I'm just saying poor zucchini. I'm not a gardener. Despite my last name. <laughs> <laughs> produces a huge amount anyways mine wasn't wasn't growing and so I just took a spray bottle sprayed this on it it killed whatever it was and my zucchini grew right so, I mean it's basically baking soda that has been concentrated to hyper levels and other you know natural things like that and so this product we have the buy one give one and mm -hmm. miracle upon miracle is because the manufacturer, your dad, 
mm-hmm. is willing to participate in with our nonprofit that we're not a nonprofit yet, but we're in the process of becoming a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, we were able to, in a, in a way, debt-free do this sustainable thing. And we've actually done several water runs. We've mm-hmm. done um, two, three deliveries now to the reservation, um, to Jedido yes. specifically. And uh, we've got more happening. And so without even meaning to, we ended up starting a sustainable way that we can not only help support Jedido, but we have, we have dreams of going to we more do. communities, more communities and doing the same thing. And it was funny because somebody said to me, well, Lita, getting somebody cleaning product, what kind of difference does that really make in their lives? And they're looking at me like, come on, you know, and I get this question a lot. We got that when we were interviewed on the news, uh, we get that question. And I was yeah. like, well, if you're living on $600 a month and I'm able to sell you, save you $12 a month, how much of impact that does, does that make to your bottom line? And it's like, oh, yes. Cleaning products may not be that expensive to you if you were living off of four, five, six, eight thousand dollars a month. But once you start getting around two thousand dollars a month, twelve dollars, mm-hmm. and most of these individuals that are living on the reservation are living there because you can live there for free. Because yes. a Native Americans, funny thing about Native Americans, they view land differently than Western culture does. They don't charge taxes to live on the land because the land belongs to everyone. Yeah. And so my sister, to go be an educator in her community, has gone back to where she grew up and is teaching the Head Start program because she wants to give back to her community. And so she's living there to, you know, to help capture these kids. So they don't have to travel far away to go to school and get a good education. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that are there because life is hard and it happens to all of us that they're single parents. And then there are old people that, you know, work selling jewelry along the side of the road or worked as maids. And so it's much easier to retire there. And they're paying their taxes to the United States government, not the tribe. So there's very little money and resources in order to create the infrastructure that we're talking about. And again, we can't solve all those problems, but we can solve it one-on-one for individual families. And so then we're like, okay, what's the next problem? Well, we talked about, so there wasn't room for large amounts of cleaning product, right? We, we couldn't transport the 500 gallons, but there are also wasn't a possibility to take down the water that they couldn't purchase. Right. Nobody could and, purchase water. And we did those extra water runs. And I would ask my sister, okay, how much water do they need? And so they were wanting one of those cases per person for two weeks that you get from Costco. Well, you do the math and that's one water bottle, eight ounce water bottle, or maybe two, depending on the size of uh-huh. like the cases a day. And Native Americans have so much diabetes because they're dealing with the processes of, you know, the heavily processed food that's available to them. And the genetics mm-hmm. not able to deal with the breaking down like Western body types can. And one of the best things you can do if you have diabetes is drink a lot of water. But at most we're talking, people are drinking 16 ounces a day. And yeah. I'm sitting here on my kitchen, my, um, my office, I have a 32 ounce mug of water and I will drink probably three or four of those a day. Yeah, me too. And Mine, I'm about a gallon a day. Yeah. You're, you're a champion, right? <laughs> I love water. So, yeah. I, I mean, but I, if I don't drink enough water, like if I drink just one 32 ounce thing of water, so we're talking double what these individuals are drinking in a day. Mm-hmm. I will get a headache. And I'm sitting in an air-conditioned home in the summer, not in the middle of the Arizona desert. Right. So, so you start to kind of be like, okay, well, I'm kind of pampered. Mm-hmm. I can just go. And my water, I have a filtration system on my home. And that, I do too. <laughs> yeah. And my water is amazing. Yeah, uh-huh, it's delicious. Right. It's delicious. 
<laughs> Stephanie and it's I that are delicious flavorless. So <laughs> again, so this whole thing started because of my social media network responding really well. And then someone mm -hmm. who is my Facebook friend, Stephanie, who's connected to her dad. So good job staying in relations with your dad. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> and we noticed that a lot of people were responding to what we were doing. And Stephanie um, ended up being so helpful that I was like, okay, Stephanie, you're in charge of all the operations and all the details. So I kind of like made you my partner and without even really asking you if you wanted to do that, but you did. <laughs> well, one of the cool things about the whole process has been that as you've had inspiration about something, so often I've had the exact same inspiration. And there is no coincidence in that. Amen, absolutely. So then we, um, um, a lady that we both know, Ann Chambers said, you should talk to Mr. Woolley because he knows somebody because she stumbled upon an entry in her journal. And if you know Ann Chambers, she's the cutest thing in the world because she will send you journal entries about you when you were like 12, you know, and she's like going back and reading her journal and she wrote Amazing. her journal. I know. So she stumbled upon a journal entry where Mr. Woolley had been sharing in church about this whole story about this guy who has these filtered water bottles and they take them to India and they help these people be way healthier. So she's like, you should call Mr. Woolley and find out who that man is. So she gives me the phone number and I'm like, hey, Mr. Woolley, this is Lita Mon. That was my name then. Ha ha ha. My name was a pun. My name was Lita Mon. I'm a born leader. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm like, remember Monty and Charlotte's daughter? And they're like, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my parents moved out of the ward, I guess, about 20 years ago now. The ward, sorry. The congregation that we grew up in, in our faith, we call it the ward. It sounds like a mental ward, but it means the congregation that we lived in. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. And so he remembered me and I said, well, who's that man? So he called, let's, gives me this guy's name and number. So I call him and I start sweet talking him. And long, long story short, um, he sent me a sample of the water bottle. And this water bottle filters out because Jedido specifically, the water they do have access to there is laced with arsenic. And so they can't just drink that water. Yes. But this and water, prior to this, uh -huh. prior to this, we were running water in and at first we organized it from St. George, which was a little closer so that we weren't taking this huge distance with these huge amounts of heavy liquid. And then your friend, Dennis Combs says, oh, I'll fly yes. it in. And we're like, we yeah, have he friends that in. planes. <laughs> <laughs> little did we know. Little did we know. We're like all like mind blown. We have friends with planes. That's almost like having a plane yourself, right? <laughs> So they're flying us, but we realize even though people are amazing and willing to donate the money, uh -huh. it's not really sustainable, nor is it, it enough water. And it's a, it's a band-aid. We knew that it wasn't sufficient. It was meeting an immediate need and we wanted a solution. Right. So we talked to Mr. Woolley who connects me with um, Carl and Carl owns a company that he's taken these water bottles literally all over the world and so i tell him what we're doing and he's like that's pretty ambitious hmm. and he ends up partnering with our not yet nonprofit. which by the way if anyone's ever started a nonprofit, <laughs> yeah people have to be really nice to you to do it work partner with you at all let alone when you're not nonprofit status yet because there is no tax deduction benefit for them yes Exactly. But it takes a while to become a nonprofit. So did you realize that June is going to be when all of this started? June 10th is when we were down in Jedido. Yeah, it's crazy. So you weren't because of you being incredibly high at risk and you wanted yes. to come. So that's why I made you do all the on the ground coordination of all these different things. Yes. And going down to the reservation during COVID was the closest I have ever felt like what it would be like to be in a war zone and seeing the eyes of little kids and the fear that they had in seeing some other people because they're looking at me like not with hate but with fear over concern if I brought COVID onto the reservation with me because they know people that are dying yeah at that point we 
a lot of his, it was a long time before we knew anybody that had had COVID. Right. Then but it was hitting there at crazy levels. Yeah, 450% higher um, infection rate. COVID hits the Native Americans so much harder. And, you know, we're filling out these boxes for every individual. And I remember writing this gentleman's name, Jimmy Joe James. Because that's such a cute name. It sounds like, you know, it just sounds like a Western hero, right? Yeah, yeah. And we lost him to COVID. Yeah. And, you know, he was a person to me. You know, not the same, you know, I mean, my sister knows him. She knows his story. She knows about his life. And all I had done is send a box, a care package to him and delivered it to the community where my sister delivered it to every single household in the community, her and her band of mighty volunteers. But it just, it just I had to just sit and just be like, you know, that is, that was the first person that I knew. Yeah that had been lost to COVID and she lost more than that. But what's really cool is, you know, we didn't do a before and after study on this, but less people were lost in Jedido mm-hmm. than other native American communities. And we like to think it's because every person in that community had hand sanitizer, thanks to this cleaning product that we have named Jedido. And now they, um, we have another friend that reached out to you and said, hey, I'd, I'd like to help do a delivery to that Native American town. Yeah. So you tell that story. So this was a, a good friend from childhood, the same neighborhood where we all grew up. We all knew each other. Um, this family was, they were kind of like cousins as far as I was concerned. Because, For you guys. Yes, because we, <laughs> yes, because we all had, we all had kids the same age. We were all great friends. We would do vacations together and holidays together. And we hadn't talked in a long time. And he said, what's everybody doing? What's going on? And I gave him a little rundown. And he said, I would love to help. I'd love to fly you in. He owns a helicopter and a plane. And he said, he owns a helicopter and a plane. (laughs) (laughs) And this was keeping track. We now have two friends. Who That's have right. planes. Yeah. So York <laughs> Galland is willing to fly on his own dime. Yes. And Not to mention, he doesn't even live in Utah. So he flew in from Colorado to pick up our supplies and us and take us to, and that was our, to the reservation. Our first delivery of water bottles. So we took down another um, 172 pounds of cleaner. Yes and Uh 370 water bottles Uh that we did a fundraiser for on our social media and made all our friends give us money. Yes. (laughs) We both laugh. Well, part of what makes that funny is that, of course, neither of us have taken a dime. Everything we've done has just been- No, technically, actually, I've taken about $30. Because they put put in selling. Yes, because they put it, they send it to the wrong Venmo and it would be too complicated tax-wise to take it out. So I just took that money from my personal and put it in. So technically I've taken $30, but really we've not. We've so that's about a penny an hour. No. <laughs> for the time you put like, in. <laughs> for, for a week. <laughs> I mean, basically at times over this last year, you and I have worked full time with getting this going and soon we will be a nonprofit. We're just not sure, but we've even had a law firm um, that has a uh, Lone Stein Sandler um, out of New Jersey that my husband happens to work for that is doing the legal work. And um, all these people are doing it, you know, what the legal world calls pro bono. But York flew us down there and we both independently were calling it like the palm of God floating over the earth. And it was smooth. It was, it was so smooth. And I threw up on hell on the helicopter and York was incredibly kind. He sure was. Yeah. But we like, we were like in these canyons and it was really one of the most epic experiences of my life, which just that experience and then getting off the helicopter 
because my sister had had COVID and I knew that I had been vaccinated and we got off the helicopter and I told her, I'm going to cry. Um, I, I told her, I said, no, tell me if you don't want to hug me because I've been vaccinated. So I want to hug you. Yeah. And she, I've never even known if my sister even likes my hugs, but I'm a huggy person. <laughs> and she just kind of made this little gesture at me as I get off and we just hugged each other and bawled. And she yes. said, I love your hugs. And I'm like, sweet. I know that now. <laughs> and the first time you'd been down, you weren't able to have any contact. I wasn't, with her I was not it was able too to dangerous. touch my own sister because yeah. it was, um, if anyone wants to have the debate about if COVID's real or not, okay, whatever. But on mm -hmm. the Native American reservation, it is deadly. Yeah. And the, you take the fear of giving someone COVID and you magnify that by a thousand. And that's how I felt. And so even though I wanted to hug my sister, I would not risk it because I had just traveled. Yes. And so even if I put myself in quarantine, I have traveled and I've gone to various bathrooms and mm -hmm. restaurants. And so I might potentially have something. And we were not going to create an epidemic within an yeah. epidemic, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, I got to hug my sister. It was, it was just one of the most amazing moments really of my life because it was so profound after all this service and love and these years of connection and the, with the, the distance that we've all felt with 2020 and that you and I and York and Carl and your dad and um, you know, Dennis, and I mean that we could, I could go on for so long. Yeah. Of so many people that have donated and supported this cause that we're like, okay, let's do something crazy and have it be permanent. Exactly. Right? And so, yeah. you know, we're starting, we started a sustainable program of sanitation and clean water. Cause these water bottles, you could literally drink poop water out of them and yeah. buy one, give one. And they all are labeled to Jedido. And we hope that no one ever really knows about us. Yeah. But we don't they care. know about Jedido. Mm -hmm. And this little town that incidentally, ironically, is a Navajo community within the Hopi reservation that's within the larger Navajo reservation. And I was um, on a, a charity group that was a, was a group of different charities or like-minded people that wanted to help respond to the COVID response. And I was one of the few people that was not Native American on this thread. And so I said, well, I'm trying to get da -da -da to Jedido. And this one gentleman said, who happened to be Navajo, he said, well, I'm not going to help that one because they're Hopi. And I said, well, ironically, they are Navajo. I don't know why it matters if they're Hopi or Navajo. And so he started explaining to me this ancient rivalry. And I said, I don't know. I kind of feel like the Native American, the Navajo Hopi community have bigger issues than this rivalry. And he's like, like what? And I was like, I don't know. White people? <laughs> You know, yes. I, I just, I just feel like all of this stuff that separates us, whatever our justifications for it are, mm -hmm. is poopy and it's yeah. uncalled for. And you and I are both religious. So I'm going to say it's not what God would want, but even if you're not like mm -hmm. us, Stephanie and I, it's division never works. And yeah. this has been such a gratifying project to be a part of. And we wanted, I wanted to take this time on my podcast to share the story of how it came about because people ask me all the time and I'm like, sit down and get comfortable because yes. this, I feel like was a shortened version Yes, because everything from our childhood, people were willing to give me the number of a connection because they trusted mm -hmm. me and they trusted you. They're mm -hmm. willing to put their businesses, um, not in threat, but you know, we're not but a to front us product. Yeah. To front to us front. thousands of dollars of mm -hmm. product. Yeah. And we've been able to do it all debt free with just, not just our labor and time, but our reputations making it happen. Mm -hmm. And so when people say, you know, does it really matter how you treat people? Uh, yeah, Huge. because yeah. 
how you and I were as teenagers is why people are trusting us now. And it's not that we made mis we thought like we were perfect. I mean, we were pretty awesome. Let's be honest about that. <laughs> you know, I mean, not like we were. Um, I know I wasn't the Val of Victorian. Were you the Val of Victorian of your year? I was it's not. not like no, we were just we were just kids. You know, we're basic. Yeah. You know, trying to listen to our parents' kids, right? Mm -hmm. But because of that, people were willing to take what they saw on social media and what they knew of us then and give us connections that trusted us mm -hmm. and um, fronted, you know, thousands of dollars of product to us. And we weren't even a 5013C yet. And we're right. not at this moment, but we will be. Yeah. And we hope that those of you that are listening, that if you know someone in a Native American community that is willing to do the work that my sister is doing in Jedido, that is an isolated, remote does not have running water community we're not worried about communities that can drive 15 minutes to walmart we are focusing on remote communities if you know someone in that situation that's willing to help us you know we need names we need people because when people donate to us we're able to say this is going to you know this person and we have the names mm -hmm. when we do the gift packages we want we have dreams of doing cultural exchanges and creating because this whole thing happened because of a connection i have with my sister because of the connection you and i have and mm -hmm. we are all really connected and we need to learn about each other's cultures and connections and that's the whole point of this podcast is start having conversations with people yeah drop your judgment and learn about other people and when you drop judgment not only can you learn about people but something even deeper crazier can happen you might be able to serve them. I believe that we all have so much more in common than we have differences. And it's very easy to connect with someone if you're willing to let down your guard and focus on their needs. Yeah, and our guard is made up of our, our, um, our pride, our preconceived ideas, yeah. um, our set our need of importance right i mean yes. there's a lot of yep. things you could put in that but if you're willing to let that go and have and be willing to connect with another human being your life will be rich yes and um i i know you feel this way because you said it on the our local news media story no big deal but that was another cool connection that <laughs> somebody from high school right evidently yes. we went to school with a lot of really cool people um we did yeah i mean the value of networking and connection and maintaining um a standard of how you live your life being kind to everyone um mm -hmm. we have literally seen that in real time come back for me on my end you know people have said to me lita you've got so much social media influence you should use that become a seven figure blah 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 and i um I have a successful business. I don't need to have 25 businesses. You know, I have step, I have, you know, my makeup, I have my books, I have my speaking, but I didn't need to have, you know, a seven figure coaching business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times I think people go for what's more instead of what makes you happy. Yeah. And um, that's something that I believe that I teach, you know, the more is not always better. And here I am, I'm like, okay, I get that I have this presence, I have this, this influence. But I knew that all the things that made money are not the things that were worth pulling the trigger on using that influence for. Yeah, but this was, this yeah. was worth it. And this, frankly, is one of the reasons I was willing to even start this podcast, because then I'm garnering more influence. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been so incredibly rewarding. And I feel like it has carried my family through what would otherwise have been a very difficult time and instead was a very beautiful time. Yeah. And Stephanie, I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass you just a little bit. Go for it. So I'm sitting here in 2020 with lots of savings. My husband's an attorney, his job actually picked picked up during the pandemic. Mine shut down quite a bit, but you guys see, I, I'm fine. Never been bored. I picked, I figured it out. You know, um, your husband job 
was affected deeply by COVID. Yes. You're, you're a homeschooling mom pre-COVID. Um, and you guys, you know, people weren't hiring and you, your husband had been unemployed for how long? He spent a year out of work. Okay. And I was a music teacher, but I quit taking in students because I wasn't comfortable having people in my home. Right. And, you know, Stephanie is like donating all this time and, you know, buying, you know, doing the sending me money. And I'm like, then I learn about a situation and I'm like, and she's like, you know, money just finds where it's supposed to go. I absolutely believe that. I feel like money is like pieces on a chessboard and God is playing the game. And sometimes there's a move we don't understand, but I truly believe God will move resources where he needs them to be. And I have not ever had any situation in my life, and I've been through things much harder than this, that um, didn't become a blessing as I trusted and followed him. See why I love this woman? So <laughs> your husband's unemployed and you're figuring out how you can make masks for people how you can make me understand that I do have enough room for 500 gallons of cleaner and spending so many hours, neither of us want to count how many hours we did it, where I did it from a place of privilege and savings. You did it from a place of faith. And I'm humbled to have you be my partner in this charity. She's the COO when it is becomes a charity and I'm the, C, the CEO simply because mm -hmm. I'm the one financially on the line because of that savings, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. That it's been amazing to see how at one point we were going to go do another project because we're weird because that's just what we did to go <laughs> help a single mom that, you know, needed to. And you said, you know, would it be okay? I hate to ask this, but could you pay for the gas? And I was like, oh yeah, no problem. Um, because we weren't taking charity funds to do that. And you said, oh good, mm -hmm. because I'm down to my last, was it $200? Yeah. And then somebody who her husband had consulted for ended up deciding that 20 in 2015. In 2015. And to see firsthand, not because you've been posting about this on social media. So I hope I'm not embarrassing you too much. No. But to fine. see that as you walked forward into the darkness, mm -hmm. that you kept getting the money you needed to sustain your family for this whole year. Now your husband has the six figure job he deserves and it's wonderful and we're all thrilled and it couldn't happen to a better family. And you're, it, yeah, it's wonderful. You know, yay, everything worked out and you only had like three surgeries last year. I mean, no big deal, you know? And so I'm like looking at you going, I gotta do better. <laughs> so it's wonderful to have friends that you know, encourage you to be your best and that you respect and you know that the chess plate piece that was moved when you were five and 10 yeah. and 15 have all lined up to help you and I to do this thing. And here's the thing, my friends, everyone listening, I want you guys to hear this. If you are sad, figure out who you can serve. Yes. If you are blessed, figure out who you can serve. If you mm -hmm. wanna put any emotional adjective before that, Every single religion, every single therapist, every single modality will tell you that service is the key to happiness. And if you're not going to support our charity, that's fine. We have friends that are supporting it, but find some charity, some service that you can do that's both public and private. And I think the secret to this that is easy to overlook because we do have such an abundance of everything here is that the greatest happiness comes when we have to sacrifice for what we're giving. It's super easy to do something nice for someone that doesn't come at a cost to us. If we are willing to sacrifice on a level that puts us in an uncomfortable place or requires that we forgo something for ourselves so that we benefit someone else, I am telling you, the happiness comes in rich abundance. Yeah, and you can exercise this giving muscle, um, you know, start by picking up trash in your neighborhood. You can start in simple ways. You know, it, if it's a new idea, if it's, um, you know, as the world is opening up more and we're getting to see people's faces again, to give smiles 
um, see how you can, one of the things that I've done with my children over the years is, you know, how many people can mommy make happy in the store today? And I go around and give sincere compliments. And so not even I am at the Stephanie Wardrop level of charitable service because <laughs> I, I get my, I my job done. I get my job done. So I feel like I have enough money sitting there that I can go donate hours, <laughs> you know, but time is a, is a, is a rich commodity to me that, um, you know, maybe one of the harder things for me to give because I do prize my time so much, but, um, it 2020 for you and I, it was not a hard year. It was no, a year that beautiful. we found a greater purpose and yeah. what a gift. And we were able to involve our children. My kids are about 10 years older than your kids. Um, and our children are seeing the do this and they're all charitable kids. They're all kids that are willing to serve and to give and to to be kind to others and their example yeah. to our children. If for no other reason for the moms and dads out there, figure out how you can be kind, just because telling your kids to be nice to other people and then you're going and fighting with people on social media. If we <laughs> learn how to look at what our example and what that's saying, that's how we change the world. Yeah. Right, is it becomes a safe and beautiful world if, if you know, just a few more of us you know, and then a few more, and then a few more, and then a few more. And so the, you know, the, what's the impact of our um, ripples of change charity group, you know, may not change the lives of the native American um, homes, you know, saving, you know, 20 bucks a month, maybe off of their water and um, sanitation budget, you know, so that's, um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, one-tenth, you know, of their, their budget, but what we're really doing and this is what happens when you serve is you change your own heart, but you mm -hmm. tell someone else you care about them. Yes. The one-to-one. -one. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. So this may almost be, we like to close up the episode with asking, you know, heat needs three different elements, you know, fuel, heat, and oxygen. Um, so my friend, what is your fuel, oxygen, and heat? So what's your fuel, the thing that you, a daily habit that you have? Fuel, I would say one thing that I always pray for is that I will be made aware of the needs of others. Um, I feel, I don't think you have to spend huge amounts of time and I don't think you have to give tons of your resources. I have an extreme luxury to be able to give the time that I do because my husband supports me. Um, but I think it's so incredibly rewarding to connect with someone else. Even like you said, in the grocery store, human connection is so powerful. And for me, I thrive on human connection. Being able to go to the grocery store is something that lifts my mood because I get to be around other people. So I would say my fuel is that human connection. Yeah. And we, we found a way to do that during COVID, didn't we? Okay, so what is your oxygen? Something that people may not see, but is something that you, that's become a part of everything you are. I'm going to say my husband. He is an introvert and he's a performer, but he's pretty quiet and people don't generally get to know who he is, but he has 100% supported me through all of this time, I literally with the mask project totally monopolized our living room. We have a rather small home and there were masks and fabric and sewing machine all over the place. And he had this silent witness that because of what I was doing, our family would be protected from COVID. And we would jump in the car with our two boys and drive all over Salt Lake and Utah County delivering supplies, picking up finished masks, whatever it was. Um, I would say that, that a huge part of what I am and what I'm able to do is because of everything that he does to provide me the support and the love and the luxury to do it. That is called a happy marriage right there. The love and the support to each other. Absolutely, I love it. Okay, what is your heat? Heat. Okay, 
Tell me one more time. And if you say your husband, that just got inappropriate. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's your podcast. <laughs> you know, it's like unique gift or talent, something that's your signature spark. I don't know. I'm so all over the place. I feel like there's a benefit. Okay, to I know what it is. Aspects. I have okay, never done ahead. this for a guest, but this this is what I think it is. Okay. I am literally tired when I see the amount of service hours you get, you give. <laughs> it is just like your your willingness to serve other people. It's like we've got all this busy stuff happening with our ripples of change, which is the name of our which will be our charity. Now it's a an entity that people give money to without a receipt um, yes. <laughs> uh, that you're, you're also helping the neighbor down the street with her babies and people everywhere know. And at first, when we started all of this, you were like, oh, it's going to be Lita's social media influence and presence. And I pointed and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and then I started seeing how many people have come to help our charity because of you because of your years and years and years and countless hours be beyond our intention of doing all of this. You're an example of service and I'm honored to be your friend and I'm even more thrilled that you're willing to work with me. So thank, thank you. You, you know, I think it's, it's a little known secret that it just creates more and more joy. I believe that good begets good. I've said that before. And if I have that opportunity, and again, like I said, that's what I pray for with every prayer. Um, it just enriches my more. life. Yeah. Yeah. What you seek, you get more of. You're amazing. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness um, and sharing the story of how all this crazy thing. So go out there, listeners, and figure out in small ways how you can bless other lives and you will find that if you give if you know the analogy if you give 10 you get 100 back yes so go out and find ways to serve community and causes that are important to you and support something bigger than yourself and you'll find that fear and discomfort becomes much smaller in, in mm -hmm. light of your ability to love other people the Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.